What is up, you guys? You are tuning in to the Health Without Limits podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Prestano, a personal trainer, nutrition coach, teacher, wife, dog mom to two, and mommy to be. Wow, that's weird to say. After too many years of playing it cool and trying to live up to society's standards, I decided it was time to share my voice. I hope that this is a place you will come to share your journey and to feel supported on your way. We'll talk all things health, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, and just some good old girl chat. Thanks for coming along. Let's get going. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Health Without Limits podcast. Today, I have guest Amanda Mills on the podcast. I connected with Amanda because we actually live right in the same town and just connected through the fitness community around here. Unfortunately, uh, due to the pandemic and COVID, we haven't even met each other in person, but I was so happy to meet her over the computer, which has become the new norm for meeting people these days anyways. Um, Amanda is a cycling bar instructor. She also runs her own business called Amanda Mills Wellness, which I'll be linking in the show notes. She does virtual PT. She does in-person training, like I said, and she's also working to become a holistic nutritionist. Um, And she is a mom and currently pregnant. So this girl just does it all. So we chat today kind of across the board. We talk about, you know, what is holistic health? What is holistic nutrition? And why is it beneficial for us for, to really look that route when we're diving into our fitness and our nutrition and our overall health? We also talk about how she's introduced such a wide variety of foods to her little one at home and kind of how she approaches that and why. And then we also talk a little bit how she's doing in her pregnancy and what that's looked like for her over the last, at the time of this episode, 16 weeks. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Be sure to check Amanda out and I will catch you guys in the end. So hey Amanda, thanks for coming on the podcast today. We're glad we could be able to have you on. Thank you, glad to be here. So kind of to kick it off a little bit, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and you know what you're up to and how you got into the health and fitness field? Um, well, my name is Amanda Mills. I am a certified personal trainer, um, and I have been for, gosh, probably around five years now. Um, so I'm a certified personal trainer, certified bar instructor, and certified psycho instructor. Um, so I've been doing that for personal training for five years, psycho and bar for around four, um, and then I'm also in the process of becoming a certified holistic nutritionist. So those are kind of the things that things that I've been working on in the last five years or so. Um, so yeah, the path I took to get into the fitness industry um, is kind of a little, not the, not the, I would say the go-to one. <laughs> so I actually um, graduated with a degree in management and communications. So for the first few years after I graduated college, I was in project management in various industries, um, ranging from uh, like direct mail to I worked at Boston Children's Hospital for a while, and then I um, became a studio manager at SoulCycle in Boston. And so it was kind of there where I'll backtrack a little bit. I've always, I've always been in, I've always been athletic. I've always been in sports, and I've always worked out. Um, but I never actually worked in that environment. So SoulCycle kind of opened my eyes to the boutique fitness world and 
you know, being more hands-on as far as, as far as fitness. Um, so I worked there as a studio manager for, um, about two years. And then my husband was transferred out to Wisconsin for his job. So when we decided that we were going to make that move, I kind of used it as a, you know, kind of push for me to get certified and become a personal trainer and kind of, you know, change, kind of change my role from being a manager to being the more hands-on um, fitness professional. So we moved out there. I got certified through NASM, um, and then I started working at the Y out there, as well as a couple other, um, you know, smaller fitness um, fitness studios. And then um, about six months into me personal training, I started working at a boutique fitness um, cycle and bar studio locally as well. And that's where I got my bar certification and my cycle certification. So I've been doing all of those ever since. And then, um, so then two years later, my husband found another job and moved (laughs) us to Rochester. And that's kind of where I decided to um, expand my business and turn it into my own as opposed to working in um, different fitness facilities. And so that's kind of where Amanda Mills Wellness came up and I took on um, some clients from Wisconsin that I still train today, um, you know, in a more online base. And then I have my clients in person locally. Um, and then I also teach bar and cycle at a local studio here. So yeah, so that's what I've, that's what I've been up to. (laughs) (laughs) You've been all over the place. Now, are you or your husband originally from the Rochester area? No. So we are both from the Boston area. Okay. So we met in Boston. Yeah. So moving out to Wisconsin was like the first time that I left my home base. (laughs) I went to school in Rhode Island, so it was like two hours away. Um, So that was the big, the big jump for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we moved out there and now we're here. (laughs) You guys like it up here? It's, it's different than Boston. (laughs) It is different. Um, Yeah. I mean, we were... Wisconsin was definitely um, a big leap from our comfort zones, especially mine. Um, and it was it was too far away from family and friends for me personally. Like I was, Drew's, Drew's used to moving. Like he kind of w- moved all over the place when he was younger, and then he's been kind of he went to um, he went to school in Ohio for college, and then he moved out to California for a couple of years too. So he was more used to it than I was. I personally have always been in the New England area. And so being out in Wisconsin was just too far for me. Um, and so I was really excited when we had the opportunity to move here because it's, you know, it's still it's still a distance, but it's a six-hour drive as opposed right. to a, you know, four-hour plane ride. So it's definitely more accessible yeah. for people to visit and for us to visit them. Yep. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely like it here more so than Wisconsin just because of the distance. Um, and yeah, you know. I keep telling Drew, I'm like, you just keep moving me from, you know, one cold city to the next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? You need, like, Florida or Hawaii next. <laughs> I'm like, Alaska's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you thought know, this like, was bad. Like South Carolina or something? Yeah. Like, or... <laughs> <laughs> but how perfect that yeah, you were able to kind of take your business and make it your own so that now if you guys do move again or relocate again, you can just always bring that business with you. Exactly. And that was my mindset when we did, um, you know, I was working on Amanda Mills wellness in Wisconsin. I just wasn't as, um, I didn't dedicate as much time to it just because I was busy with clients elsewhere. Um, but that was always my mindset that if we do move again or, you know, if, 
something happens that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to be able to take my work wherever we go. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it worked out. I'm glad that, I'm glad that I made the, I made the leap. Yeah, for sure. Now you said, I mean, obviously you train at a studio, but then for the clients that you work with for your own practice, typically what does that look like? Like, are you doing zoom live workouts or do you have like guides that you send them how does that work so it kind of it kind of varies from client to client like i said i've um i have some clients that i've been training for five years um and so that is more so um i send them different you know different workouts that are written and we we have monthly facetime or zoom conferences where we talk about you know just different you know, diet, exercise, you know, all the lifestyle things Mm -hmm. that are going on. And then, um, you know, my newer clients that are online, it's more so, yeah, we train on FaceTime or on Zoom and I train them as I would be training an in-person client, obviously without hands-on adjustments, Um, you know, so it's a little different in that sense, but I try and keep it as, you know, as hands-on as I can. Yeah. Well, (laughs) but that's the thing though. Like when you said hands-on, I have, you know, some clients that I'm training in a gym, in our gym still. And with COVID, like you can't really be hands-on anyways. And that's what I realized about myself. Like I'm so involved as a trainer that like, I want to just be like, no, here like this. Or like even being pregnant now with some things like I've gotten down on the floor. I'm like, okay, you're going to do it like this. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) I know, exactly. I learned that too when I was pregnant with Emmy in the beginning because I was was training, you know, only in person at that time. And I was also teaching a ton of like boot camp and circuit and all these different classes where I would show people. And Mm -hmm. then it got to the point where I physically couldn't, you know, because obviously your limitations are, (laughs) they tend to increase as you increase. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Um, and so you do, you have to learn how to vocalize what you're trying to, you know, what you would normally do physically. Right. So yeah, it's a skill that you definitely have to master. And yeah, cool. But I guess one silver lining to it is you do kind of hone in on that skill that you yeah. Uh, yeah. weren't, uh, weren't typically used to. Exactly. Um, so yeah, and it's the same thing with like teaching bar and stuff. You're just so used to the hands-on adjustments that with COVID, it's, it's again, you have to learn how to use your words more so to instruct as opposed to, you know, actually adjusting them hands-on. Yeah. It's a whole new experience. It is. You know, we're all learning as we go. Exactly. Right? It's already been a year. I know. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Now, so for your holistic nutritionist, is that an online school that you're doing? Yep. Yep. So it's online, um, through the American fitness Academy. So it's, um, it's a just more, you know, self-study based program where I, um, there's books that I read assignments that I have to do. Um, and then at the end of the course, I submit all my assignments and then I take my exam Okay. to be certified. Yeah. So it's great that I have that self-study program because obviously, you know, being a mom and having everything else going on, it's nice that I can kind of work it around my own schedule so that was what I was looking for when I was looking into programs um so it's been a really it's been a really good and then obviously you know getting pregnant in the midst of it has put a put a wrench in some of my plans yeah yeah (laughs) but you adjust like everything exactly exactly yeah but definitely definitely studying um got put on the back burner for those first few weeks when I uh you know just wanted to 
fall asleep when yep. she's napping. Yep. I don't blame you at all. <laughs> yeah. And like, how has that been for you with learning about like the holistic nutrition side of, cause I know you also have, do you have your fitness nutrition cert too? I do, yeah. So, and that's quite a bit, you know, different from the right. holistic side of that. So has that Absolutely. been something like, have you been able to already start implementing some of those things in your day-to-day life? Um, you know, I've always, even as a trainer, I was always focused on, you know, having a holistic approach to training. So even though I wasn't formally trained in it, it was always something that was in the back of my mind. Um, so, you know, with my clients, I've always talked about like how diet lifestyle you know, all those different factors can affect, you know, primarily I worked with clients who were trying to lose weight or, you know, I did work with some colder clients that wanted to gain range of motion, you know, and all those, all those different things. Um, but, you know, just trying to talk them that food isn't just the sole thing that affects all these different, you know, goals that you're trying to reach. Um, and so I think that I've always had that holistic approach and this is just, you know, a natural progression for me career wise um, for me to, you know, try to hone in on those skills and learn more about them. Um, so it's been great. And, you know, it's, it's always something I've been passionate about. I've always, if I could go back in time, I would go back to school for nutrition and, and become a, become a dietitian or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously that's not the case. (laughs) Thank God for the online options. Yeah. What'd you say? Thank God for the online options. Yes, exactly. So I'm able to, you know, kind of get the best of both worlds there. And it's, you know, it's such a, it's a more sustainable approach too for your clients Mm -hmm. to be able to see that like, oh, it's not just about weight loss. It's not just about my workouts. Like here's all these things I can implement and here's all the benefits that I'm going to reap from it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of people, you know, they just, they see, you know, their acute, you know, goal or their acute like health issue and they just hone in on the symptom and they try and treat the symptom whereas there's so many other things that can impact that and it's kind of you know just figuring out the root cause and going from there and you know what your symptom may be you know the cause of your symptom may be something that you would never even expect it to be because it can be completely unrelated mm-hmm. to what you're actually feeling physically right and so i think a lot of people don't understand that they just you know feel the physical pain or you know whatever it may be and they just try and treat it as opposed to really understanding that there are so many different factors that can affect it and so you know i'm just really hoping that i'll be able to help people and you know understand that more And it's such a good point because, you know, we're like in a society that we want that quick fix. We want, you know, the Band-Aid kind of approach where, all right, check the box. I I fixed this one. And we don't necessarily realize like, oh, wait, it's actually affecting all of these other things, you know, as well. So Yeah. And I think that's the balance of it, too, because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people, they don't want to put the time and effort into it and they don't want to dedicate the work. you know, so I think it's, it's instilling the, you know, the short-term benefits of it as well. So they kind of have that, those small goals that they can achieve to just keep them going and keep them seeking that ultimate, you know, goal of whatever it may be. Right, right. So 
with all that, with the holistic, you know, nutrition, with the fitness background, you share a lot on your page too with your daughter and, you know, the different foods that you expose her to. And she seems to really, you know, have a wide range of foods that you've introduced her to. So what does that look like for you? And like, how did you go about introducing some of those things to her diet? Yeah, I mean, um, I've always tried to find a good balance for her. Like even ever since I started giving her solids, I've been trying to find balance of giving her, you know, the healthy fats, the healthy protein, the vegetables and whatnot. I definitely started giving her savory foods early on. Um, so that way she would develop that palate. Um, you know, so it's, it's a daily battle, of course. <laughs> like I don't have it all figured out. So let me just preface that. <laughs> I do love your, your Instagram stories of her reactions to some of the foods. <laughs> yeah, God, I wish, I wish that I had it all figured out and that she loved everything that I did her, but I, you know, I am no expert. Um, so, you know, I think my philosophy, if you want to call it that is I just try and expose her to as much as possible. I don't fret if she doesn't eat it. I don't get stressed out if she doesn't eat it. And I don't, you know, force her to eat anything. So, you know, there are some nights, like last night, for example, we had steak and Brussels sprouts and asparagus and broccoli. And she ate it all. Every single thing. Wow. Today I gave her broccoli. She wouldn't touch. <laughs> so it's like, and, I, and you will learn this soon enough that every day with a baby and a toddler is an adventure and you just can't put too much pressure on them or yourself. Um, and you just have to go with the flow, you know? And so as long as I keep exposing her to those foods and she has the opportunity to choose them on a daily basis, then that's all I can do, you know? And so I think just the exposure is the biggest thing. And that's what I that's what I prioritize. Yeah. And I mean, do you find too, like, is she ever more motivated if she sees you eating something and then she wants to try it? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I make it fun for her too. Like I always, like I, I do, I always eat what she's eating in front of her. And I always talk about the foods too. Like if I'm eating a piece of broccoli, I say, Oh, look, Emmy, mom is eating you know, a green piece of broccoli. And I try, you know, obviously she's so young, so she doesn't understand, but I go over like the different benefits of it. And I say, this gives us energy, you know, obviously she gets older, she'll start being, you know, more cognizant of of what, what that means. Um, But for now it's just a game. And I say, look, it's the green broccoli. And then on her plate, if she has, you know, broccoli or red peppers or peas or whatever, I say, oh, where's like the red pepper? And she'll pick up the red pepper and I say, mmm, is it, you know. Yeah. All the different moms. But what a good experience. Like, it's such a good experience for her, too. And I think that instilling those habits early on, you know, is really going to allow her to, as she grows older, kind of create her own food choices and hopefully not have to succumb to some of what we see out in society because she just kind of is going to feel like, you know, oh, I've, I've had this before. I already know about this. Like, it's no right, big deal. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just, I never, I never want her to think of, you know, foods being good or bad. Um, and I never want her to eliminate a food group entirely. But I also want her to have the knowledge that there are foods that are more nutrient dense and there are foods that are better for her overall health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's 
the knowledge that I want to instill in her. And I want her to have the capability to choose those foods for herself with yep. the understanding that this is how it's going to affect me. Yeah. You know, but obviously, you know, I'm never going to deny her like a piece of cake at a birthday party or something. Sure. Like that. Yeah. It's all, it's all the balance. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I love that approach. Like Keith and I have talked about it because he's now more along the lines of me as, you know, eating all those whole foods, eating those nutrient-dense foods, but he wasn't always that way. And we would talk in the past, I'm like, oh, God, raising a kid with you is going to be so hard because it's going to be like, you know, I'm giving them X, Y, and Z, and then when I leave the house, it's just like mayhem. (laughs) So now I feel like, like, okay, we're on the same page now. Like, (laughs) Yeah, which I think is important. I think it's, you know – you know, sometimes people laugh because, you know, you have these conversations about feeding your children before they're even born and, you know, but it's important. And mm-hmm. I think that food is such a huge component in, of our lives yep. and that if you're not on the same page as, as, you know, as your partner, then it is something that needs to be discussed. Right. And I mean, teach, it teaches your, your kids too. You know what I mean? Because like you said, yeah. you don't want your daughter to think of foods as good and bad. But if your parents right. are on two different pages, most likely they're going to think that way. Exactly. Exactly. And they want to see, I mean, they, they absorb everything that you do. And so if they see dad eating one thing and mom eating another and then them eating something else, they're like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think it's important for everyone, you know, in the family unit to have those mutual values. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Drew is the same way. Yeah. <laughs> they come around. <laughs> so guys, you know, they right, just... right. They'll figure it out. That's why we're here. Right? <laughs> so for you, I mean, obviously you're busy with teaching in the studio, having things online, having a daughter at home. So do you utilize any kind of like meal prep or just having some things that are always just there and ready to go for you? Yeah. So I definitely, um, I meal prep. I meal prep dinners every week, or I, I make a meal plan every week for dinners, um, and it's just takes a boatload of stress off of me um, if I know exactly what we're doing day to day. Drew typically doesn't get home until either you know after. Usually he's usually he's home to eat dinner. We eat dinner at six, and usually he gets home like either at six or a little after. So I'm usually the one who's preparing dinner. And needless to say, it's chaos in yeah. the house at that time. Yeah. And so I prepare as much as possible as I can, either the night before or the day of. Like sometimes I, I like literally cook it and I just put the actual like saute pan in the fridge. And so that way when it's dinner time, I'm just ready to reheat it. Um, and so that's a huge, huge thing that I definitely plan ahead of Mm -hmm. um as far as like go-to foods that we have in the house um eggs are a huge staple um in our house Emery loves them she eats them every morning so we always have always have eggs on hand um we always have berries on hand um chickpeas are another big thing that we always have she likes to eat those um avocados is another thing that we always have um what other things do we always we make sure that we're always having abundance. Um, oh, if you, you'll get to know these, but um, Serenity Kid pouches, mm. she's obsessed with. Yep. They're okay. going to make me go bankrupt, but she <laughs> loves them. So those are her go to. Those and olives are the girl's favorite things. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I always have those on hand um, just for snacking. 
Um, but yeah, we keep things simple around here. You know, we make sure, you know, we have all the basic vegetables always. We always have broccoli, cucumbers, tomatoes, you know, all those things. Um, but I try, I, I keep things simple. I don't get fancy. I wish I could. Well, maybe someday I will. But right now, I you know. Uh, you know <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Of motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> that as simple as I can make it, I do. <laughs> well, and you know how much easier that because you're eating the same things, you don't right. have to prepare two separate meals or three separate meals. Oh my like goodness, it's just yeah. we're all sitting down to eat, and here's what we're all having. Exactly. That's the thing. When, when, when kids, wait, I'm not a shorthand cook here. Like I'm not cooking three different meals for people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like obviously we have our nights where she won't touch a single thing that I give her. And you know, that's, how, that's when we default to the, the pouch of the olives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, yeah. Like I'm not going to make her a completely separate meal because yeah, for, is it twofold? Like I'm not, I, I don't have the the time to make multiple meals for multiple people. And also I want to expose her to what, you know, what we're eating. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of our rundown. You can come over one night and experience, uh, (laughs) experience toddler life at 5 (laughs) p.m. I love the saute pan idea though. Like that's such a good idea. I feel like that a lot of moms could take too, you know, like whether your kid's down for nap time or they're just, you Mm -hmm. know, preoccupied on something, you can quick throw it together any time of the day and then just put it in the fridge until later. Absolutely. And it saves a dish. You know, I was putting in Tupperware and I was like, you know what? Yeah. Let's just throw it in the fridge. What's the difference? You're going to reheat it anyways. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's such a great idea. That's a huge, huge thing that I implement. Yep. Now, so you're also currently pregnant. So at the time of recording, you'll be, you said, 16 weeks, right? I am, yep. So how has that been going for you? How has that looked for you as far as even your fitness and your nutrition? Because I know first trimester can sometimes take our nutrition for a bit of a whirlwind. Oh, man, it sure is, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so first trimester was rough for me. Um, I don't know about you, but I... I think I, I told you this before we started recording, but I've had the same exact pregnancy that I had with, with Emery. And so first trimester, I was very, very nauseous, just the weirdest, weirdest food aversions, the weirdest food cravings. Um, <laughs> and so I think the biggest thing that I try and focus on is getting enough protein in, because I know that's what my body needs, even though my body may want carbs, wants all the, all the bread, all the cookies. I try and focus on at least getting the protein to complement the carbs Mm -hmm. and then going from there. So I always make sure that I have the healthy balance of the carbs, of the fats. I mean, I'm sorry, of the protein, of the fat. And then, you know, if, if my stomach will only really handle carbs at that time, then I add in those complex, you know, crackers or whatever it may be. Um, And so that's what I focused on primarily in the first trimester, you know, I tried to get in as many vegetables as I could. Usually I could stomach them by the end of the day. Um, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, but I think, honestly, you just have to give yourself some grace, you know, especially in the first trimester. You can't stress out about it. You just have to do the best that you can. Um, you know, eggs were a huge, huge thing for me. That's Thankfully, I could still stomach those, so I, I eat those every day. <laughs> I still do, actually. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, and I think it's just, I, I think it's just trying to make the best choices for, for, for what your body needs. Um, but then also, like I said, you know, being mindful that it is just, 
it's a few weeks of your life. You'll be okay. At that time, your baby's just living off your stores anyways. Um, And you'll be okay. You know, and once you cross over that second trimester line, it's like, I don't know. (laughs) It's it's amazing. It's so true. All of a sudden, you just start feeling a little bit more like yourself. Not not entirely. (laughs) But functional. But then you can start getting in those vegetables more and starting to, you know, kind of balance out your diet a little bit more. Um, You know, with that being said, I I think that, I think there's a line that, you know, you kind of need to be cognizant of too, where, you know, even, you know, there are healthier alternatives for you to choose from, even if you're, even if your body isn't necessarily wanting to take that route, (laughs) if that makes sense. So, you know, just if you are like only wanting carbs, you know, choose the complex carbs, choose like the whole grains, choose, you know, those sort of, you know, the almond flour crackers, you Mm -hmm. know, the ones that are, you know, have the fiber content and have the fat content and the protein content, you know, within them, um, because it's going to make you feel better overall. It's going to make your morning sickness better if you have that balance of protein and fat, you know? Um, so yeah, just being aware of that, I think is, is, is big. But like I said, it's a whirlwind. <laughs> it, and I don't think, I mean, for me, I didn't realize that my nutrition pre-pregnancy was really fueling me up for that first trimester yeah. because I felt guilty within those first few weeks when I couldn't stomach vegetables and I couldn't yeah. get down fruit. And sometimes I knew my pro- protein was low. And then, you know, at my checkups at the doctor, everything was healthy. I'm like, okay, like... I, yeah. I have all of this from before, but like you said, implementing things like those almond flour crackers or like I did the Siete tortilla chips were like oh, a yeah. staple in my first trimester. Oh I like God, way overdid that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, but like stuff like that, I feel 10 times better eating that versus like a greasy potato chip. And Absolutely. that yeah. greasy potato chip wouldn't, too. right. It, the, the other stuff wouldn't do anything for you anyways. Like you would right. still feel exactly. sluggish. Just make your symptoms feel worse. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, like you said, I think being in the health industry, we're just so much more aware of what we put into our bodies that we feel that stress when we're not eating mm-hmm. what we know is the best for us. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of, it's a double-edged sword because we're aware of it, but when you're just not feeling right and you just cannot stomach a vegetable, it's like, it just plays with your mind. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, as soon as you get pregnant, you know, the mama bear instinct turns on and yep. you just want to protect that baby and get, you know, give it everything that it needs. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I feel that too. And how has like movement been for you? Has your body felt up to moving or? Um, yeah. So, you know, movement has always made me feel better. Like it's always like, even though, even when I don't feel good and it's, it's not something that I want to do at all. I know that it will actually, it will make me feel better in the end. Mm -hmm. So definitely I've, you know, I've definitely limited my, um, my intensity for sure, but I do try and move every single day, whether that be just going for a walk or whether it be, you know, a, a bar workout or something of some capacity, just because I know in my mind that, that it will make me feel better. So yeah, even in the first trimester, I did try and get movement in every day. Um, so yeah, even though, like I said, it's, it may change, but I still try and fit it in as much as I can. Yeah. Cause and like I said, it's kind of like, you know, 
even if your mind, like we're saying with eating, even if your mind wants the, the, the greasy potato chips, like you said, you know, having the knowledge that they're, that's not going to make you feel better overall. So mm-hmm. even though my mind wanted to just lay on the couch all day, <laughs> I know that yeah. moving is going to make me feel better overall. At yes. The end. <laughs> it's, you know, so you would see me out at like 6am in, um, you know, 20 degree weather. And I was just like walking around my neighborhood because I knew that like getting the fresh air and being outside helped with my nausea. And yeah. So, like I just need to go for a walk and it did. Yeah. I probably looked like a crazy person, but. <laughs> I know that's what a lot of people will say. Like, you know, you're crazy for still working out. I'm like, you don't understand like yeah. how much better I feel just because I can work out. Like Absolutely. Absolutely. And it helps with delivery. (laughs) Like I, I think I taught a bar class the day before I went into labor. Wow. And, um, my labor, I mean, all labor is difficult, but (laughs) overall my labor was pretty easily easy compared to others. And I do, I, I, I definitely think that working out consistently was a huge benefit. Yeah. It's now my thing is like, I'm mentally preparing myself because as much as fit, like exercising makes me feel good physically, it's such a mental release for me. So now I'm like, oh gosh, oh, yeah. like postpartum's gonna come and you know, I'm gonna go those four to six weeks or whatever it ends up being without my normal movement. I can still walk and do this, right. you know, these types of things. So it's just, you know, the adjustment of of pregnancy. Yeah, it definitely is. And like you said, it is. It's a mental it's it's, it's my mental health for, for me. Um, and so I remember the four to six weeks, like waiting yeah. to get the clear from my doctor just to be able to move again, to feel like yourself again. Right. You know, it's, it's so important, especially when it's such a huge component in your life Yep. that when all of a sudden it's so abruptly taken away from you, especially if you've been working out consistently throughout your pregnancy, when it's abruptly taken away from you, and you're already sleep deprived and going yeah. through all these hormonal you yep. know, ups and downs and it's just a whirlwind. It's like you just want a little piece of yourself to just feel like you're you're you. Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah, going for walks after um after I delivered Emery was was huge for me. Like I just needed that time to just be able to have my space and just get a clear mind. Um and it's nice too because you're delivering when when hopefully the weather will be getting a right. little bit better, which will right. be nice. Right. So you'll be able to get outside at least. That's, yeah, that's the thing that I'm like, okay, we're not going to be so cooped up. Like we can get yeah. out. Same thing with you. You're, are you end of summer? Yeah. So I'm August 7th is my due date. Okay. So yeah, it's, it, that's what's nice. Like around where we live, there's so many places to get out and walk and change up the Absolutely. scenery a little bit that it's just, that's kind of what I'm banking on. Like it'll be a good time for all of that. Yeah, I think so too. And babies love going up though. She'll take a nice nap for you in the stroller. Yep, exactly. (laughs) We'll take care of the baby. We'll take care of the dogs. It's fine. (laughs) Everybody's happy. It'll be great. It'll be great. But, you know, going with that, you know, I think that my mindset too, when I first, you know, was postpartum, I was thinking that it was going to be such a long time. But then, in, you know, when you look back at it, it's so short, you know, so even if you do feel like you're just like completely out of sorts and you don't know who you are anymore for multiple reasons, it is such a short, short time period and you will be back to yourself. You know, you'll feel better and 
your body will feel better and your mind will feel better. You know, it's just, it's just a different phase of life and it's so short, but like I said, kind of with the first trimester, you just have to give yourself right. a little grace and just take it day to day. And it's, that's such good advice too. Cause like, I know when I was in the thick of the first trimester, I was like, oh my God, like I am never getting pregnant again. This is horrible. It's never going to end. And now I can look back and I'm like, okay, it was just a phase. Like we got over it. We're good. We're, we're back to feeling like ourselves. Like yeah. sometimes we just need that little reminder. Like, no, there is an end point here and it is going to get better. Yes. yes. You just have to, again, take it day by day, hour by hour, and you'll make it through. And honestly, it's like, it's kind of amazing what we can endure. Oh yeah. (laughs) As far as pregnancy and then postpartum, like our bodies are so amazing that I, I was actually telling my OB the other week, I was like, I can literally get pregnant like 20 times and I will never not be like blown away by how amazing and crazy it is. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. It's just, it's a wild experience. That's why you just have to get along for the ride and just, go with the flow. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, as we kind of wind down a little bit, why don't you share where people can find you on social media and then on your website as well? Sure. So, um, my handle on social media is Amanda Mills wellness. And then my website is Amanda Mills wellness.com. So Perfect. Pretty easy. <laughs> Perfect. And I'll put that all down in the show notes, but I'm glad you were able Perfect. to come on today and yeah, me too. Thank you for chat. having me. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Health Without Limits podcast. You guys know that I appreciate your support more than anything and really love having this outlet to just share my voice too. Don't forget to reach out to me on social media so that we can connect. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Both of those will be in the notes section of this episode. I'll catch you guys in the next one.